You are listening to the Talisha Talks podcast for women who conquer. I'm your host, coach, and life lover, Talisha Kim. It is my personal mission to help you live your best life, have radical joy, and turn perfectionism into purpose. In this podcast, you will explore the meaningful parts of your life, reinvent yourself, and turn your dream life into a reality. Yes, you really can have it all. Hello, it's Talisha Kim, your emotional healing coach. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend and mermaid hair queen, Kinsey Ray. Kinsey is someone who has unapologetically found self-love. She has grown through times of self-harm and she's as genuine as they come. This woman is dedicated and passionate about serving and helping others from the first moment I talked to her. It was an amazing conversation, and she just made me feel like I could be her BFF for the rest of forever. So, Kinsey, say hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh. That was the sweetest intro of all time. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited. This is going to be a great conversation, and I'm so excited for everyone to hear about it. So, I'm going to read a little bit about you from your bio, and then I want you to introduce yourself, too. Cool. All right, so Kinsey Ray is a network marketing professional from Salt Lake City, Utah. Woo woo, Utah. (laughs) She works in the health and wellness industry, helping people step into their power and thrive in every aspect of their life. Got hair problems? She's here to help. Kinsey is well known for helping women achieve their hair goals with the mermaid hair growth system she developed. She is on a mission to bring awareness and create positive solutions for people struggling with depression and self-harm. And can I just say, she's helping me with my hair. And because of my hypothyroidism, nothing has helped except for her. So she's incredible. You're going to want to stick around and listen to her. So Kinsey, I'm so grateful to be chatting with you today. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As you guys have heard already, you can call me the mermaid queen. Uh, I do. I did start a gang in my lifetime, except for it's a gang of mermaids. Um, And it's a really fun community of women where we are all on a hair growth journey together, reaching our hair goals. Um, That's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, That passion just came from me personally frying my own hair off with bleach. I know probably every woman out there has made that mistake before. (laughs) Um, So I went on a really aggressive um, hair growth experimentation phase and finally just figured out some stuff that works so it's been really fun to take that passion and turn it into this really incredible community and that's how me and Talisha got connected so I'm so thankful that you're in the mermaid gang um but even before I was this a mermaid queen hair growth expert that is helping thousands of women on their hair growth journey I actually have a background in being a model I was a model for about a decade I lived in California modeled professionally. So I think that's a really special part of my story, especially with my background um, of dealing with self-harm and being successful in one of the most vain industries on the planet um, with my legs covered in scars from self-harm. So it's it's been quite the ride of learning how to love myself, learning how to love my scars. And it's been really fun to just take that model background and now be able to be the model for my own brand and do all this super fun stuff with the mermaid gang. 
Um, like you said, I'm from Utah. I'm married, got a couple dogs, and yeah, just living my best mermaid life over here. I love it. And your dogs are the cutest. I love when you <laughs> share about them on your social media. And honestly, when I first met you, I had no idea about your history with self-harm or even modeling. Like I just saw this incredible, strong, amazing woman showing up and helping other women to feel confident and to feel good with their body or um, their hair, whatever it may be. You were just showing up in this space and I just felt so much inspiration from you. And then I remember seeing a post where you showed a picture of your legs with your scars. And I honestly, like I was taken aback. I was so just like, holy cow. I had no idea that that was something that you had struggled with. And then I was like, go you for sharing it, you know, that you would be so open because I mean, I, I used to work at a residential treatment center and self-harm was really prevalent for those little, not, not little, but like young girls. And it was something that they didn't really talk about as much. And I feel like with what you've been through and that you're opening up and sharing about it can help so many more women. And so I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about what your turning point was from going from that self-harming phase of your life to now self-love. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up. I didn't know that you worked in a facility like that, but I'm really glad that you brought that up and that's something that um, I really want to make a point to, to your audience, that a lot of people don't understand and why I am so passionate on this product. Um, spoiler alert, real quick, I'm probably going to cry. I'm a, uh, I na- my emotions are naturally uh, connected to my tear duct. So when I'm really passionate about this topic, it, it definitely makes me emotional. So just, just going to warn everybody now. Um, That's fine. <laughs> you bring it on. I always say this is a safe space and I do have a way of bringing tears out for people. So just bring Perfect. it girl. <laughs> okay. So I'm really glad that you brought that up that self-harm is so prevalent and people have no idea how big of an issue this problem is. And this is why I am so vocal about it and am so passionate about talking about this topic, even though it does make people really uncomfortable um, because a lot of people just don't understand it. But just to give you guys a perspective, one in six girls will self-harm in their lifetime. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that stat, but I believe it. Yeah. So when you think about, do you know six young women in your life from ages, they're self-harming as young as 10 years old to 16, 18 years old. Can you think of six girls in your life? One of them will self-harm. And it's, it's so sad to think about, but that's the problem with self-harm is everybody's hiding it, right? It's a, it's very shameful. It's embarrassing. It's you're, you're not proud of it. You don't know how to talk about it. And so people who are self-harming, they're hiding. So it's, it's my like mission and life purpose to just remind everybody to be kind to each other because you truthfully have no idea what somebody's going through and maybe your mean comment or your snarky remark on social media that could literally be something to send somebody over the edge and go harm them, harm themselves beyond the point of return. Mm. And that's the dangerous thing with self-harm. So that's just my little, my little spiel on how prevalent self-harm it is and how important it is for us to be kind to one another. Um, But as far as what was my turning point from going from self-harm and being able to 
get away from that. Um, because if you're currently struggling with self-harm or have ever struggled with self-harm, it it's just like an addiction. It's, it's very addicting and it's hard to stop. Um, but my story is very unique and a lot of people don't know this about my story, but most of my scars on my legs, there's well over a hundred of them. Um, most of that happened in one night. So it was, it was kind of, scared straight if anybody remembers that like weird tv show back in the day um where i had a really bad night and i went and took it out on myself and it was just kind of like i I blacked out and i didn't really it all happened at once and all of a sudden i looked down i was like oh my gosh what did you do like you you can't take it back it's it's so permanent and so that before that it was very you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. I was trying to play it safe, if you will, you know, making sure that I could still wear shorts and hide, hide it under my shorts up on like the higher part of my legs. So I was playing it really safe, if that's even a word that's not, not the right way to describe that. But I was reality, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was trying to hide it, you know, make it, make it so my family didn't know, nobody knew about it. And then, um, then, you know, I, I, did really cut myself very severely in one night and there's no hiding that like there was no taking it back and so it really scared me and it was like wow this is permanent what did you just do so after that that was kind of my wake-up call that what I was doing was permanent and I think a lot of young girls and kids don't understand when it comes to self-harm you don't realize what you're doing is causing a permanent scar that likely will not heal. And so mine, mine are there for life. They're not going anywhere. Um, so it really just scared me straight. But I think what helped me from ever going back to that point and physically harming myself um, is I actually ended up getting scouted to be a model about four months later after my scars were, they were so really new, they were really red. And ironically enough, I got scouted to be a model shortly after. And there was, there's a whole nother level of self-love and worthiness issues that came in after that. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I transitioned was just, I got it happened all really quickly. And I realized what a permanent decision it was. And, you know, I like that you bring that up because I think sometimes when, when you are in those situations where the world just seems so dark and heavy, or you're going through something so emotionally intense, it's really hard to think future based, right? You're just, you're focused on that present moment and you don't realize the consequences that can come. You don't realize how it can shift and change things in your life because you're just in that moment, right? Totally. And so I love that you, you bring that up, but then that it clicked for you. You had that moment where it clicked and, you know, from the girls that I worked with at the treatment center or other people that I've had conversations with about this, it does come to that. Like you do have this moment where, you know, consciously they call it intuition call it spirit call it whatever you will where it's like this is impactful in your life like either don't do it or stop or you know all of those things but so many times people don't listen to that right because that's scary or that doesn't fulfill what you're trying to seek from it and so I love that you were able to see that and then 
stop. Yeah. And it was definitely getting that future base, right? I got scouted to be a model and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't be a model. I have all these scars on my legs. Like I, I totally blew that chance, but I still like held on to that like glimpse of a dream. And I was like, you know what? If I want to do this, I couldn't go back to that place. So it was, I, I want to call it divine timing, right? To save right. me from ever going back there because I still dealt with a lot of self-love and worthiness issues. Even after I st- stopped self-harming, I feel like my depression took an even worse turn because I was so mad at myself for what I did. And I think there's, there's a lot of that that happens after self-harm. The, the embarrassment and the shame around the scars that you caused, it's your fault. Like you have nobody else to blame except for yourself. So that that self-loathing and that self-hatred cycle almost amplifies, at least it did for me. And that was accepting and coping with the fact that I have these scars on my legs for life now was almost harder to deal with than the self-harm in and of itself as it was going on. So um, I'm very thankful to be scouted to be a model when I did, because I think that really saved me from ever going back to that place and getting future focused. Yes. Yes. I love that. And divine intervention. I totally get that. (laughs) And I am all for it. I think, I think the divine does speak to us in many ways and we just got to listen and follow through and, and you did it and yeah, it led to these other things, but it's all a part of your journey and story. And now you get to share and help other people. So I would love to know from you, what do you wish that women who struggle with self-love knew? Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Just that you're perfect. Literally, you're perfect just the way you are. And when I was really struggling with my self-love, and like I said, a lot of that came after I self-harmed and caused this imperfection in myself, right? I wasn't born that way. It, I, I did it. I was the cause of it. So talk about a whole nother level of self-loathing and self-hate. Like what's wrong with you? You did this. You're the worst. Like, right. It was so bad that I wish I could just go back and say scars and all Kinsey, you are perfect. You're exactly as you need to be. And anytime somebody's in my inbox or on social media, not loving themselves, I just want to shake them and hug them at the same time. Like you can't even see how amazing you are. And I think it's so unfortunate this day and age of social media and filters and Photoshop and all the things that this level of comparison and this need to be quote, Instagram worthy and Instagram perfect. It, it really prevents us from seeing our real raw beauty. And that's why I'm so passionate about showing my scars and letting the world see it because they're raw, they're real, it's human. And it's so beautiful to me now because I think there's so much beauty in having flaws and having imperfections that we all have. None of us are immune to that. We all have something. So if you think you're the only person on planet earth that has something about themselves, they don't necessarily love everything about (laughs) it. You are not alone. But I think there's so much beauty And so much power when you can take that thing that you don't necessarily love and you can accept it fully 
and you can say, you know what, this isn't perfect. It's not fabulous. It's not what I wish it was, but it's me and it makes me me. And when you step into that, you just unlocked a whole nother level of power. And literally that's when beauty just radiates from the inside out. You know, those people who are just beautiful from their energy, that's beautiful energy right there. That's you stepping into everything that you are and saying, I'm here. This is me, flaws and all. And I, I accept it. I receive it. Like, watch me go. So yeah, I just, that is I, so impactful. Yeah. And I just, I, I wanted like shout that to every woman who's not feeling loved by themselves right now, that you are perfect just as you are. Your flaws don't define you. Your scars don't define you. Your stretch marks don't define you. Cellulite, whatever it is, we're so dang hard on ourselves. It's so heartbreaking, but you, you are not a mistake. Nothing about you is a mistake. God, divine, whatever you want to call it does not make mistakes. So please know you were created as you are and you are who you are for a very specific reason. It's such a blessing and a gift that you're even alive right now. So you have to like really hold on to that. Like, wow, I was created intentionally for a reason right now. There's power in that. There is so much power in that. And I just like, that just gives me chills too. And goosebumps as you say that, because that is something that I can so stand behind as well. And, you know, seeing clients or other women that I'm involved with and, and seeing that transformation of going from a place of that self-loathing to that self-acceptance, it is powerful. And you are so spot on when you said about the vibration, it is completely different between the women who have that light within because of that self-acceptance versus that I am not enough, right? I am not intentionally created. And one of the things that that reminds me of is like, if you go out into nature and you're like, oh my heavens, God is so good. Look at this magnificent thing that he created. Or like, I'm looking out my office window right now and I can see the sun up over the mountains and it's just like glowing and making the the grass look this golden hue. And it looks so beautiful. And if I were to say that is beautiful, but then in the same breath say, but I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy for this. Like, you know, I'm imperfect. That would be denying that power that God created with the earth. And it's the same power that he created within me and you and anyone listening. Totally. I love that. I love that concept and that idea that God made everything beautiful on this earth and then decided it needed one of you too. Like that's so beautiful and so powerful. Yes. Oh, this is amazing. I'm so glad we are chatting today. So let's talk a little bit more about that depression that you went through and just tell us a little bit, what was that experience like for you and what kind of helps you not go back to that place? Yeah, depression is hard, right? And I feel like so every hard. human goes through seasons of depression, whether you're diagnosed with depression. Depression is an emotion, in my opinion, and as humans, totally. we are here to experience all spectrum of emotions. So I think this conversation right here is really powerful, even if you don't self-harm and you've never gone to that place. I'm so glad. I would never wish that on anybody. Um, but I do feel like we all go through seasons of experiencing depression. So it's really important to understand it and understand what to do with it and how to work with that emotion. So I'm really, really passionate about talking about this. So thank you for giving me space. Absolutely. Um, 
so I've had depression my entire life. I actually remember when I was a little girl, it's like one of my first really clear memories as a kid. I remember my dad sitting me down at, I was like maybe seven or eight years old. And he was like, I think you have depression. I gave, I think I gave that to you. Cause my dad um, also has depression. I, he like distinctly sat me down and told me that wow. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what that means, but like he, he could already see it in me. He could already just see himself and his emotions and he could just see it in me. And so I think he just like wanted to warn me to like, not, not let it take over. And it did. Cause I, I didn't, I still didn't know how to deal with it. Right. You can tell somebody you have depression, but you don't know. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know what that meant, but um, I really appreciate him you know, being willing to see that in me and kind of give me a heads up of this is what it is, kind of this is what's coming. Um, so I've gone through many different phases of depression. When I was a teenager and struggling with self-harm, I literally slept all the time. And that's really, really common with depression. Slept right. all the time, didn't want to talk to people, didn't want to talk to my parents, leave me alone. It's just, they kind of it's this suffocating darkness is the way I always describe it is it's just, it literally feels like you're drowning and you don't know how to speak up and ask for help. You try and like, say, I'm not okay. Like I remember even in my adult life, like when I'm going through really hard seasons of depression that have happened a few times, I will sit and try and text a friend because I know how important it is to reach out and like, talk to people and not sit in that space of just going through it by yourself and it's so hard to write those words on a text message and say I'm not okay and you can't send a text that's depression is you have these words and you need to you need to vocalize them you need to say I'm not okay I need help I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And those are some of the hardest words to get out of your mouth, to get your fingers to write, to set, click that send button. It, you literally, it, you can't, it's it, so it's crazy. So hard. Yeah. I completely agree with you that I remember having that same thing with my depression. It, and for me, it, it was, um, walking up to the door to my, my healer to help me. So I, yes, thank you for sharing that difficulty there. Yeah, it's hard. And so that's why I have a really hard time with the social media posts. And I really hope this puts this into perspective for some people who don't fully understand depression. Like, you know, when a celebrity commits suicide or, you know, there's any type of tra tragedy around mental health, what's everybody's favorite post to put up? I'm, my door is always open. I'm here if you need anything. Don't hesitate to reach out. What they don't understand is that's the problem. We don't know how to reach out. So my take on this, check in on your friends. Check in on your strong friends. Check in on people from time to time and just be like, hey, just want, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Like just life okay? Anything you want to talk about? Like open the door for somebody. If you know your friend is going through it, maybe they experience a loss, a breakup, you know they struggle with depression, you know they struggle with their mental health, show up. Like break down the door and show up and be like, yo, I'm here for you. I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to help you through this because the people who are struggling the most have no idea how to reach out to you. 
They have no idea how to ask for help because they feel like they're a bother. They feel like they're annoying. They feel like they're a nuisance and they, they do not know how to reach out and, and vocalize this. So be the friend and show up for these people um, because that, that's the problem with mental health is you work it up so much in your head. And it's like this test you put through, put people through is you're like, nobody cares about me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm annoying. You, you like convince yourself you are so unloved and nobody likes you and you're all alone. You like work up this fake reality in your head and then you test it. You're like, nobody cares about me. Nobody likes me. Right. I, I'm such a bother. No one wants to talk to me. And then you test it. You're like, okay, I'm just going to see if anybody reaches out to me. Yes. You like try to create the reality that you feel like is already in your head. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? People are waiting for you to reach out to say, I'm not okay. And you test it. And guess what? They don't reach out. You just confirmed your reality. When, when, when you are so loved and you can't see it. So I think that's a real battle with mental health these days is everyone wants to be a support system and say, I'm here, my door is open. But the problem is, is people who are really struggling with their mental health, they don't know how to open the door, just like figuratively and literally like, you, like yes. you know, you're a healer. You don't know how to go knock on the door. You don't know how to open the conversation. So um, I think that's really, really important for people to know, because that's a question I get asked a lot. How do I help my friends that are struggling? Be a friend and show up, take the initiative, buy them flowers, show up with a coffee, give them a call, FaceTime them. It's those little things that will pattern interrupt people that are like working up this crazy dark reality in their head and it'll pattern interrupt them. Like, oh my gosh, somebody does care? Oh, 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 oh my gosh, right? <laughs> you you really never know how those little, those little things will absolutely turn somebody's day around. And they totally do. I remember one time that I was in that same place, right? Like no one cares. No one's here. Like this is so dark and this is so heavy. And then I felt trapped and even saying it because you nailed it. Like I didn't want to be that burden or problem for someone because everyone is battling something hard and I didn't want to add my heart to their heart. And so I wouldn't open up, but I remember someone just coming and they just sat with me. That was all they did. They just like showed up at my door. And of course I'm like, go away. Right? Like don't come in my house. Like, don't be by me. But it was the best experience. They just came and they sat with me and I think we watched a movie or something and it was incredibly comforting. They just showed up. They didn't wait for my invitation because I would have said no, right? I would have said, I'm fine. Things are okay. And I love that you opened this up and had this conversation with us today. Yes. I think it's so important. So if you guys are wondering how to help, just show up. They're not going to ask for help. They're not going to just show up. That I'm really passionate about that. Yes. So what helps you not go back to that place? Um, so what helps me not go back to that place is battling, being happy is a choice. You guys, uh, being happy is a daily choice. And every day I get to wake up and choose if I'm going to let the demons in my head win or if I'm going to wake up and be happy. So it's a daily practice. I struggle with depression to this day, I wait, I have to wake up and choose to be happy. I woke up and chose to be happy today. So um, exercise and moving your body is so, 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 so important for your mental health. And I always watch my mental health tank when I get out of an exercise routine. My husband sees it happen. And I'm so thankful that he's so observant of me and my mental health. And he's like, he can see when I tanks and he's like, you haven't been working out, have you? And I'm like, oh no, I just can't seem to make 
it to the gym lately. And he's like, you, you got to go work out. Like I can, I can tell when you're not working out. So um, physical activity, it can literally just be walking outside, anything, just get those natural endorphins going. Um, and then a practice that I do every single morning um, that really has helped me through some really hard mental health times. So I, I'm really big with actionable tips. So if you struggle with your mental health, I highly recommend this practice. Um, I've been doing it since about 2015 and really, really consistently over the last couple of years. But I journal every morning and it's a really simple journal entry. So every single morning before I get on my phone, that's another really important tip for your mental health. Give yourself 30 minutes of space in the morning before you jump on your phone, emails, text, social media, take time for yourself. So in that 30 minute span, when I wake up, I sit down and I journal. I write down five to 10 things that I'm thankful for. I start with my gratitude and find things to be thankful for. And then I write down my positive affirmations and my goals in the present tense. So the reason why this is a really important practice for me and something that has helped me so much to stay out of really dark, deep rabbit hole depressions where you just like go downhill for months and you come back and you're like, what happened? What happened there? Um, is I still have bad days. Okay. I'm human. I still have bad days. It's still, you know, I'm not perfect, but no matter how bad the day goes, no matter what happened the day before, no matter how upset I am or what's going on in my life, every morning I give myself space to reset. Every morning, I give myself space to find gratitude. And some days it's hard. Some days I'm in a bad mood. And I'm, eh, nothing to be thankful for. We all get in those moods, but it forces me to sit down and be like, okay, stop being an ungrateful whiner. You, you woke up today and that is a gift. There are people who are literally praying for one more day of life, praying for one more day with their kids, praying for one more day because that's maybe all they get. And so the fact that you get to wake up today, that's a gift and that's something to be thankful for in and of itself. Um, so I, I force myself to find that gratitude, waking up next to my husband, thankful for my home, thankful for my dogs, thankful for my business, right? Just find that gratitude because it's really hard to be mad and I think the whole world's terrible when you can really give yourself space to be thankful. And then I like to be future focused again, right? I feel like that, that focus on the future is really important. So writing my I am statements or my declaration statements, I'm, I'm strong, I'm confident, I'm beautiful. I am writing down my goal in the present tense, right? Like, so it helps me stay focused on the future and not let my bad days steamroll over into the next day and the next day and the next day. It kind of gives me a, a reset point to check my mental health and make sure my mind's focused on the right things. Holy cow. Those tips are amazing. And you're so right. It is completely easy to spiral. And you're right. Like you wake up one day and you're like, um, okay, what did I just do with myself for the last week or however long it may be? And it's, it, it can keep you spiraling right into the, that depression cycle or that, well, I'm just going to hide away. My depression thing was like, I'm just going to go back to my bed. Like my bed is really comfortable. My bed is really soft and my bed doesn't reject me. <laughs> yes. But all of those tips, like those things, when you are consistent, they do make a difference in your life and you can steamroll spiral out of control 
Or you can say, I choose because you're right. Happiness is a choice. And if any of you listening need a great book for that, the happiness advantage, go do it. Like right now, go download it, go read it, whatever you need to do. But it is happiness is a choice. And I think sometimes that we think that happiness is a circumstance or, or something that we're blessed with, but no, it is a daily choice. And I think people who struggle with their mental health, they know this the most that happiness is a choice. And especially those of us who are constantly working on it, right? Who are constantly trying not to be sucked into that endless pit of misery and woe. You do, you get to wake up. And I love how you said about just being so grateful that you woke up for that day because you're right. We can have those bad days where we whine and complain and like everything sucks, right? But truly having breath in your lungs is something that some people are definitely praying for. And we can choose to be grateful and move forward in that positive mindset, or we can choose to see everything that's going wrong in our life. But what level you vibrate at is what more experiences that come to you. So when you're starting your day off like that, that is what is going to change your whole reality and your whole world. Rather than waking up and getting sucked into social media comparison and I'm so busy, I'm so overwhelmed, you're just going to create more of that in your life. So those actionable tips are incredible. Thank you. Yeah. So I want to know, what would you say to someone who believes that there is no hope in having happiness in life? Oh my goodness. I just want to give them a big old bear hug. There, there's so much to be happy about and thankful for back to the gratitude thing. You get more of what you focus on. And when I was spiraling really hard in my depression and struggling with self-harm, guess what I was focusing on all the time? Cause I was that person. There's nothing to be happy about. I was always just, okay, I'm all right. Eh, right. And I was just living in this like negative Nancy world. Why was I living there? Because that's all I focused on. I focused on everything I hated about myself. You don't have any friends. You're not good enough. Oh, this sucks. That person hates you. That boy's rude. Nobody likes, right. And then, so that's all I focused on all the time. So it's really hard to feel like there's nothing to be happy about when all you're looking for is the bad stuff. All you're looking at is everything you hate, everything you don't like, everything you don't want. You're going to get more of that. Exactly what you just said, what you focus on, you get more of. So my big shift and my challenge for you, if you're, you're in that space right now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's we, I think we all kind of go through those periods where just literally life is not going your way. Like totally. <laughs> That just happens. But I assure you, there is stuff to be thankful for. So it's literally the smallest shift that can change your life. So it sounds, it's the silliest thing. But when I was working on getting out of that really deep, dark hole I was in, it started with my eyelashes. I literally was like, I hate everything about you, Kinsey. You have no friends. I hate everything about you. Literally nothing's going your way right now. You're covered in scars. You're a freak. Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know what? You got all right eyelashes. Like my, my really good natural eyelashes. So that's always been something that I've been like really proud of. So I was like, you know what? We're going to celebrate those lashes. So every day, every day I, I woke up and I was like, would look in the mirror. Like I literally hate everything about you, but 
you got some nice eyelashes. So That's amazing. On that literally, it was literally that and why I recall that so well, I don't know, but I decided instead of waking up and self-loathing, I would woke up and I said, Hey girl, you got some pretty eyelashes. Go crush the day. Right. So it's that small shift because as I focused on my eyelashes and I complimented myself on my eyelashes, it gave me space to say, well, you know what? You actually are pretty good at doing makeup too. Girl, you got some good makeup skills. Okay. I like your makeup today and your eyelashes. And then I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't so bad about you either. And so I, by focusing on that one thing, it expanded and I was able to recognize more and more things that I liked about myself, more and more things that made me happy, more and more things that to be thankful for. So if you can't find 10 things today, find one. And then maybe one more tomorrow or just focus on the same one thing till you can find the next thing. So there is so much to be happy about and so much to be thankful for, but it's really, really hard to see when all you're focusing on is the bad. So my challenge to you, start with one and watch it grow. I love that. And not to get like super spiritual, but it reminds me of a scripture that's like by small and simple things, great things come to pass. Like it truly does start with that one small effort. And I think sometimes like, for example, like people go to the gym, right? And they're like, I'm going to go hardcore. Like I'm going to go all in. And then like three days later, they're so sore and they can't walk and then they give up. But starting somewhere, starting from an achievable place, it is going to make a world of difference and it will, it will have that ripple effect. I love that advice that you shared. So do you have any final thoughts or things that you would like to share with us today? Oh man, I just think that if you can learn to step into yourself and step into everything that you are and everything that you're not and fully own it, you will literally unlock a whole new level of power that you've never known. And I think we are not told enough. So I'm going to tell you, and I hope you listen to this over and over again, just this last part right here until you understand it, that you are enough right now. You are worthy of everything that you want right now. You're beautiful right now. You're deserving right now. Everything that you are and everything that you are not right now is absolutely perfect. And you don't need to be more like her. You don't need to be more like me. You don't need to be more like that celebrity. You don't need to be anything more than what you are and who you are. And if you can fully step into that and appreciate everything that you are and what makes you uniquely you, it literally, it unlocks a whole new level of life because you go from this comparison, I have to look like her, I have to act like her, my Instagram has to look like hers. And you just get a, it's like, so relieving to be like, no, I don't. I get to just be me and get to be free. And there's such happiness and joy and peace in that where you get to celebrate all these phenomenal women and who they are instead of comparing. So go into focusing on being the best you instead of trying to be like everybody else. And I, that will really help you with your self-love is just put the work on you because I believe that there is happiness comes from progress. So if you can focus in on yourself and progressing yourself and being your best self, you will be happy. That's where happiness comes from. Ooh, I love it. I hope you guys have been taking notes and (laughs) imprinting all of this into your heart, into your mind, 
there is so much truth in everything that you shared with us today. So I love and appreciate it. Just all the thank yous for being on here today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was the best conversation. So those of you listening, isn't she amazing? What was your biggest aha moment from listening to her today? I would love if you would go and let us know in the reviews what you took away from today. And when you do that, I will be doing a drawing for one lucky winner to find attract emotion and help you unlock that so you can step into your true power and your best self. I want to leave you with this message today. You've got this. You are enough and go out there and make today great.